Welcome to a yet another special edition of Rankin Review. I've got two guests this week. Eric and Ashley are going to join me to help figure out the Rocky franchise. Why is Rocky so popular? Why do people love Rocky? Why do people love boxing? Why do people love the Rag to Riches story? This is not my comfort zone. This is not my wheelhouse. So we got two guests and we got some surprises ahead. As usual, expect spoilers and expect coarse language. And as usual, please send feedback to rankinreview at gmail.com. That's R-A-N-K-N-R-E-V-I-E-W at gmail.com. Let's do this. So this episode of Rank and Review, all rules are being broken. <laughs> uh, typically, I, I am in the realm of horror or, or, or sci-fi or genre, as I call. Today, we're talking about six Rocky Balboa movies. Typically, I have one guest, but today I am blessed with two. Eric and Ashley, thank you so much for joining me for this episode of Rank and Review. Um, this was kind of your idea, so I'm going to put the ball. I'm going to start by putting the ball in your court. Where, what is your history with Rocky? Where do you stand on the Rocky franchise? And why did you want to do Rocky of all franchises? Why Rocky? <laughs> well, uh, oh, yeah, we'll let Eric answer that because this was his crazy scheme. I will say, I feel like I'm double dipping because up until this point, we've done a pattern of one for me and one for you. I would either pick from the list and then I'd be like, all right, here's my crazy Eric episode. I want to do musicals. Because you and I, our last episode, was the no, comedy no, no, horrors. Horror comedy. Yeah. Horror comedies, yeah. So I guess this is the one for me. Uh, so my, why Rocky, though? Why Rocky? The reason is uh, that I saw the trailer for Creed 2, got really excited, <laughs> decided I needed to show Ashley Creed, decided she we had enough time to watch all of the Rockies so she could have some context for Creed. Okay. Um, so my, you've never seen them so before? So I had never seen a Rocky Interesting. until a couple and, of weeks ago. I had seen them in high school, so I did have a vague memory of the ups and downs of them, uh, and I do remember that they had gotten more ridiculous over time. Spoilers. There's going to be spoilers and swearing. Yeah, <laughs> yeah we do that in the show. 
Well, here's my controversial position. Typically, that's the other rule that we're breaking. Typically, the movies review is from my collection. Of these six movies, I own one. Balboa. Rocky. Oh, that makes sense, too. It won Best Picture the year I was born. I'm old. But uh, it's hard to sort of separate the story of Rocky from the story of Sylvester Stallone himself. He's just so completely, like, tied to that role. Um, I mean, it's, I guess, a testament to his <laughs> name and his ability that he still has Rambo and all these other things adjacent. But, I mean, if you had to pigeon him to one thing, I think it's Rocky. And um, Rocky was a huge part of the 80s generation that I grew up in. And I had never been a fan. Never been a fan. Um, I don't particularly enjoy like boxing as a sport. I don't particularly uh, enjoy the... Well, I mean, I can get behind a sort of rags riches story or, you know, the little guy who overcomes it. And I can recognize Rocky as being sort of like the template example of that. But it never connected with me, ever, in the way it seemed to connect with everybody else. So, um, uh, to me, Rocky was this entity that I put up with at birthday parties and when I was a kid, you know, and like, I, even though I didn't like it, I'd seen Rocky for a lot of times. <laughs> uh, you know, it, and uh, it's strange. Um, I think that there's a bell curve sort of thing happening. I think it's the revisiting them. They start strong, they finish fairly strong, but I will temper your expectations and everyone else by saying these movies aren't for me okay in the same way a lot of the slasher movies that I review aren't for yeah. other people right these movies weren't made for me I, I don't sort of tap into that macho testosterone dick measuring stuff you know um, and I think you know I think there is a formula to these movies like Polly's gonna start off being a pain in the ass yep. but then he's gonna show that he has a heart after all Right? Uh, barely. <laughs> Adrian's going to start off not being super supportive of Rocky, but in the end, she's going to be super supportive of Rocky. Right? There's going to be an initial setup and a reason for the fight, be it revenge, redemption, recognition, you know. Money. Money. But um, in the end, you know, the formula is as clear cut as any Friday the 13th movie ever. So I've always been confused about Rocky as, you know, this big Oscar winning thing. But I don't want to take anything away from Sylvester Stallone. He wrote the screenplay of the original Rocky, and he created this entire enterprise. And uh, me not being into it, like, I am such the exception <laughs> to this rule. <laughs> and if not for you, Eric, I don't think I would have ever revisited them. Well, and I don't regret. Okay. I was going to say, I'm sorry or you're welcome. <laughs> and here's the thing. It is a, it is a mixed bag. I'm not... Uh, like, I guess we're at the end now. Let's just rank them. <laughs> but, uh, no, no, I think is, there's lots to talk about. There's lots to talk about. Um, and I think your bell curve analogy is is pretty spot on. Um, the uh, There's just a lot to them. And it's really weird uh, how much they've become a cultural icon. Because I would argue that the reason that most people think that they like Rocky movies is not actually what the Rocky movies are about. Right. Uh, like, the things that you remember, the training montage, and then the fighting, and the, you know, Adrian, I did it again. Yeah. Um, that is overall a small but significant, but small part of the movies. 
Uh, again, this is my personal bias, but typically the less a boxing movie it is, the more I like the mm -hmm. Rocky movie. Yeah. Um, but this is interesting. So we come with a fan, a not a fan, and a, and a newbie. And a so newbie. let's let's hear from Ash. Um, yeah, so my husband had one of his crazy schemes that I needed to watch a thing. And this, <laughs> this is largely gone well over time. So I was, so I was down and we're watching Rocky and, um, there are like problematic cultural things in the script that like we're we rubbing, will talk about. We're, oh, yes. that we will talk about that you know rub me the wrong way while ringing true um, but we got to the the final fight sequence and I was inexplicably engaged um, in in like that way that I'm not a person who watches sports I'm not a person who enjoys sports but if you give me a sports movie mm -hmm. if you give me like a reason to be rooting for whoever um, you can buy a lot of my attention with that and Rocky bought my attention for yeah. that uh, again the sports stuff doesn't I don't connect with there's sort of the human drama stuff that mm -hmm. I do you could almost insert anything in the place of boxing and I would probably like anything more than that it could be a foot race it, it could be a it football could game be, it, could, it be, could be literally anything. it could be rock paper scissors <laughs> <laughs> but I think, again, it, it, it flips my bully switch, This the, the deep testosterone, especially any kind of aggressive sports, the guys on the football team that are really, rawr, 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 right, mm -hmm. and that, that really tap into that and sort of lean into it. I feel like the UFC and things like this is, is sort of us culturally saying, let's lean into the violence. And for me... Uh, as much as I can enjoy, like a Friday the Thirteenth movie, that's all pretend. It's all it's all pretend. Uh, I heard a stand-up comedian refer to the Super Bowl as the most watched thing on television because it's a bunch of young millionaires giving each other brain injuries. <laughs> yeah, there's a percentage of truth to that, and there's a percentage of worship that goes to these people that I've never understood. If you're a great athlete, I definitely understand respecting that, but the the this need for confrontation, this need for conflict, this need for on some level violence. I've never, uh, it, as a character trait, if that's the thing that I most notice about you, my hands are a little bit up, right? I'm on the defense. <laughs> um, but I have this thing where I just don't react well. I've, I was bullied too much as a kid. And, uh, you know, these are the guys that would prey upon me. So, uh, yeah, I have personal misgivings coming in. And Rocky kind of, kind of won me over. <laughs> I guess we'll go through that journey with Let's you as it. we review the movies. Is there anything else you guys want to say uh, before we start? Uh, yeah, I'm going to say I'm not a sports fan either. I'm the only one that didn't get out and say that I do not give a fuck about sports. Yeah, I really see, don't care. Ashley I, and I are much more Doctor Who than NHL, right? But, yeah, oh, and like, straight up. Like, I'm not a huge fan of Doctor Who, but if you're like, Eric, we have this weird remote. It only has two buttons. One turns on Doctor Who and one turns on NHL. I'd say, I guess we're watching The Doctor. Let's, let's see what The Doctor's going to do this week. Uh, let's do this, you guys. Cheap, second-rate loan shark. To live in? 
So I think what I connect to the most about the first Rocky movie, and again, as much as I was talking shit in our introduction, it's hard to deny the basic charm of this movie is that it's not, to me, a boxing movie. It's, uh, it is a story of a guy who starts from a low place and goes to a very happy place <laughs> and uh, the journey that he goes through. We are introduced to this uh, Philly amateur boxer and uh, he seems to know the neighborhood. He seems like he's a really friendly guy and he seems to be on a first name basis with everybody in the neighborhood before he's even made a name for himself. And in a lot of ways, that's sort of he's already achieved a lot as a character. He is known and liked in his neighborhood, an increasingly rare thing recognized in this world. But uh, he's been at it for a while and hilariously his... Uh, well, soon-to-be coach uh, Mickey has already suggested he may consider retiring. I'd like to point out this is the first of a six-movie <laughs> franchise. And in the so 1975, well, at the time this is set in 1971, I think. The movie came out in 76, but I think the story's in 71. doesn't matter. It's, they're already talking about retiring Rocky, and he's already feeling this need to prove himself. And we see this journey where, you know, <laughs> he woos the girl, he gets the girl, he trains for the fight, he fights the fight. It's not a uh, technical victory, but it's an absolute moral victory, and it's a feel-good picture. And that's what I think about when I think of Rocky. I think it's, it's a feel-good picture, that's what it's going for. I don't think violent action boxing picture, I think much more of a, a drama. Yeah. Well, and it is, it is violent and action-y, but not in... Not in a really gruesome way, not in a modern way. Um, it's it's much more of a you know popcorn adventure level of action, uh, which I think is what makes it palatable. It's also heavily. I mean, we skipped all the way to the end of the movie, but it's also <laughs> a lot to do with how it's shot. I don't think uh, for for as much as it's the climax of the movie, I don't think the final match between Rocky and the current heavyweight champion Apollo Creed is glorified as weird as that may sound it isn't set up as a it's not like a 300 where it's like holy shit look at these guys cut other guys in half it's not like whoa rocky sure is punching that other guy hard rock on um it's a lot more of this is him enduring his final test and it's meant to be hard but not harsh he was he wasn't nearly supposed to go the distance with apollo creed he was you know it was the fact that it was a fight at all was sort of an achievement, let alone that we decided by decision. Or that would be... Yeah, yeah no, that's, that's correct. Decided by decision. It just sounded weird coming out of my mouth. Uh, yeah. Uh, <laughs> Determined by decision? We yeah. did it. I think another thing that helps me is that we're right smack dab in the 70s sensibilities where um, it's a lot of show, don't tell, and it's a lot... It take, it's not afraid of taking its time a little bit mm-hmm. to let us get to know these characters. So that when we get to the big finish, we can have feelings. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. Allow us feelings. I mean, there's a lot of great 
things to be said for keeping the pedal to the metal narratively in certain aspects, but uh, it's important to know the people. <laughs> it's important. And uh, that's another thing that I did appreciate going through it fairly rapidly this time is that I got to like, I guess, like Polly or get used to Polly. <laughs> You I, came I, to accept Polly. I came to accept Polly as an entity in the world. <laughs> as a fact of life, for some reason. Um, so, I guess we'll talk about the good and bad se sensibilities of the 70s then, because uh, I think from a film, especially for, for crime and dramas, they really, really hit a stride in the mid-70s, which is right where this is arriving. But the politics in this movie are a little shaky, mm -hmm. particularly as reference to the Talia Shire character. And even just generally, some of the... He, Rocky does a walk and talk with this neighborhood girl. She shows up again in Rocky V. Mm -hmm. <laughs> uh, which, I mean, he's doing a good thing, but he's just... There's something condescending about the treatment of women throughout this movie. Is that an unfair statement, and, Ashley? And throughout the series. No, I believe that's absolutely... Absolutely fair. Um, and the walk and talk uh, with the young girl who'll play a large part in Rocky Balboa, like you, you can see, you can see what he's saying, and and it is you know true at that time. He means well. He means he means well, and you know they've come up in a society that it like things when he was a kid aren't that different than when thing than things are while she's a kid. And you know if you want to be the girl who's respected, you can't be running around with the boys. Yeah. Like I would not have survived that society because. <laughs> Here I am, heterosocial as all get out. But, <laughs> um, yeah, and and Adrian is so mistreated. Polly is highly problematic. I was gonna say, I feel like the word problematic gets a little overplayed in today's uh, society. Adrian and Polly are problematic ass characters. <laughs> well, but his sort of weird fatherly treatment of her uh, is that a fair statement to yeah. say yeah abusive and fatherly treatment so he's kind of abusive he sort of feels like yeah not nicest he could be to her but he also feels like he has this lock and key over her social life like he basically tells rocky to take her out like she her consideration is never <laughs> really factored into it and it really does feel like rocky wears her down he does <laughs> i don't know and here's he the thing. absolutely does and i don't think that the movie's self-aware about this which is weird because so much effort was put into it unless this is designed to be a character flaw of rocky's that I'm just not reading. It really seems like in the writing of this movie, the idea is that they are earnest about the concept of Adrian being shy and that being a character flaw, but it doesn't read like that. It doesn't read like she's shy and she needs to come out of her shell. It doesn't read like she is shy and she's taken out of her shell. It reads like she does not like Rocky at all <laughs> and he does not give up. And then her brother, who she's terrified of, throws her fucking... She makes a lovely Thanksgiving turkey for them and her brother's like, you're not going to go out with my friend? Throws the turkey across the room after she spent hours making it. Polly's a shitbag. Anyways, and then she's like, okay, I guess I'd rather be with Rocky than stuck in this house with you, you fucking psycho. And then, it, again, like by the end of it, and it treats it like a favor they've done to Adrian, but it doesn't read that way at all. And, and it feels really, really lucky for Adrian that Rocky, while not able to pick up on her social cues, is a nice guy who does care. Yeah. Because, gosh, he could have murdered her. When it does or eventually start to work for me, and it kind of does, it's more about Rocky's kind of nervous and awkward, 
and Adrian's kind of nervous and awkward, and mm-hmm. together their nervous awkwardness is kind of adorable. Yeah. That does kind of happen, but at the, heights the of fact it? that she's being like, she is just treated like property through the movie, and like the the. To my shame, like this is not the first time I've seen Rocky, but it's the first time I've seen Rocky since I was a kid. I never clocked this. Hmm. Never clocked this in the eighties. The all. first time I watched Rocky, I was old enough to be like, ah, oh, that's not okay. Even and that was that was still in like the early two thousands. Uh, I was still. It, it started reading true then. In today's society, you couldn't release this movie at all. <laughs> or it would be a comment on it. Yeah. Or, yeah. But I, I feel like if you're going to do that movie, have it be about Adrian and Rocky's also a shitbag. Like, like it's some Requiem for a Dream relationship type thing where, oh man, just everything Adrian does leads to worse and worse stuff. As um, Yeah. I don't want to derail it with the politics, but I did feel like we should definitely acknowledge it. All right, let's then derail it with, also Adrian's a useless character. Um, I think I, Rocky needs somebody to be fighting for other than just himself. It could have been his turtles, though, or it could have been Mickey. <laughs> like, I really don't, and this is, the, for the first movie, it, it kind of makes sense, because we're following the, the um, format um, and you're right. Yeah, it makes sense that he'd be fighting for, he'd be, you know, he'd be inspired by a girl and have some kind of muse like that. But as the show goes on, I feel like she makes less and less sense as an inspiration, especially not to spoil the Rockies coming up more and more. Her position is you should really stop fighting yeah. and he never does. And it's always supposed to be about her. I think there's a stronger, you want to know what, let me throw this out there. Have uh, Adrian be his sister, and it's about taking care of her by fighting, and have that be the motivation. Something else, but I, I, no, she's dating this dirtbag Polly. Oh, he's <laughs> gotta like prove some. <laughs> I don't stuff. know. Like and anything, he can take care of her so she can come, you know, back if home. If Rocky was made today, the climactic scene of the relationship would be Rocky giving Polly a concussion. Yeah. yeah. And rescuing her from him. <laughs> uh, and us. Rescuing us from Polly. <laughs> well, and again, we talk about the sort of... Then it'll go through the entire series like a checklist. Polly is hard, then Polly is soft. Adrian is against the fight, then Adrian supports the fight montage fight credits right but i think a character that does worth is worthy of talking about we haven't yet is apollo mm-hmm. yeah carl weathers by the way super awesome <laughs> like uh he's not he's not a villain necessarily There's, no i mean the closest bad guy in these movies is probably polly yeah um <laughs> polly but... definitely fits the bill of a villain closer than, than than apollo apollo just is you know a boxer trying to you know Nurture a good career. He's got a great thing, and he wants to keep it going, and he's got to keep it fresh so that the people will keep watching, so he'll keep getting his sponsorships. And uh, I think he just gets sort of surprised, because this is supposed to be an easy bout. He's given some up-and-comer a a shot, just as a gesture. Mm -hmm. Someone flashy enough to make waves, but not an actual big threat. Yeah, exactly. So all of a sudden, this... This thing that was supposed to be a, you know, an easy serve, it, it becomes... Uh, a big bruise mm-hmm. in his ego and we'll see that as it goes on but I really like that choice because it's a really easy choice and we're going to see it with B.A. Baracus when we get to <laughs> that to, Mr. T, uh, to just make the bad boxer super bad and yeah. have to say things like now I must break you <laughs> <laughs> and uh, good move right out of the gate from a screenplay level was just alone your villain is not... Well, he's not a villain. He's an adversary. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well played. Well played. 
I would also say, as much as Apollo Creed is an adversary, the antagonist of the movie is the situation. I know you're kind of going for a closeout there, no, but no, no. I, I kind of realize, like, I actually have a lot to say about the first Rocky, and a lot of this will, uh, I think, needs to be said in reference to where the movies diverge as we go further. The first Rocky movie, as I said in the beginning, I think people remember it as something a lot flashier than it was. This is a character piece. Yeah. This is Oscar bait of the time. You said best picture winner. Yeah. Um, it's not designed for uh, having really uh, fantastic fight scenes and crazy uh, cinematography and choreography. It's designed as a study of this Rocky character, who admittedly is a little bit of a Gary Stew, but um, the environment and situation surrounding him I think is spot on good writing right. um, Rocky Rocky I, I forget for the first one he works at the uh, he works for the loan shark he yeah, works did he do anything to break fingers yes, or thumbs yes. and stuff like this but he refuses the job he's he's too soft like he's he's not uh, too good for the job as to not take it but he won't actually rough up people and word starts getting around and the loan shark who is uh, partial to Rocky, even if his driver is in, is definitely like, hey, I really need someone that'll break fingers, okay? This is your job. So Rocky's all money. I forget, does he have another job? Or um, or later on is it when he, he goes he to the meat up, packing plant? He ends up working at the meat packing plant. But that's a different plant. one. That's no, that's not, Rocky. That's, that's the first one? Yeah. Okay. I think, yeah. By the way, a, this probably speaks to how similar a lot of these movies are. Well, that's why I like I have a, a sort of a cheat sheet just to make sure we're talking about it. Well, it a similar thing happened when I did the Friday the 13th and I watched all the Friday the 13th together really quickly. They started to blur, so mm -hmm. I just wanted to make sure, okay, in in Rocky 3, he's fighting Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And in Rocky, so <laughs> I misremembered the robot. Uh, but yeah, anyways, so the situational stuff about like you having to deal with like, Working for a loan shark, I think, is a brave choice for your character. Yeah. Um, it's it's a really shitty job. And again, I don't know if in the 70s that was a little bit more like... I guess it would have been. It, it's more like the gangsta life today, where it's glorified to some extent, even though everyone understands it's not the right thing to do. Um, but I do think that it's like... It is, um, it is interesting to have him be in these kinds of positions. Uh, um, and I... I think it's it's fascinating how the movies diverge from this because this first movie, true to its title, is about Rocky. And his character is counterintuitively soft for someone whose talent is violence. Like that's what everybody recognizes Rocky's gift is. Either they're trying to recruit him to break thumbs or to break skulls, right? <laughs> you know. Um, but he's this really soft-spoken, nice, warm guy. He doesn't fit into this sort of stereo-pumped-up, hyper-masculine image that, unfortunately, in my experience, most of these guys tend to live up to. Um, but it's interesting. It's interesting that all paths lead to violence for Rocky, uh, and uh, that he never considers that or even seems to fight it. Um, and it wouldn't be a very interesting Rocky movie, I suppose, if he did. But uh, uh, it's... He's a likable character and in, in an arena that, you know, doesn't tend to breed a lot of likable characters. So I can get behind him for that for sure. Yeah. Mm hmm Is there anything else you guys want to say about Rocky One? The the theme that the other like little mini theme that Rocky One establishes that we're gonna see a lot is that being overly patriotic will lead to your downfall. <laughs> <laughs> we'll definitely, definitely get into that. <laughs> Absolutely. Hey, Heavyweight Championship!
see a real great battle in every sense of the word. That's what this fight is going to be. It's going to be a war. You're going down, man. You're going down. The most electrifying rematch in motion picture history. Rocky II, starring Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burt Young, Carl Weathers, and Burgess Meredith. Rocky II, the story continues. Hey, we managed to get through the entirety of that first Rocky review without mentioning Burgess Meredith, which is a mistake. I mean, for a guy with resting pirate face, he, <laughs> he really can deliver fairly nuanced performances. He... he he sounds and looks like a cartoon, but he's got actually some serious dramatic heft, and I kind of <laughs> dig that. Uh, when I did the 70s podcast, I talked about this movie Magic that he's in. and He's such an interesting character. I really, really like him as an actor and him as his character, which he's probably most recognized for, in spite of a fairly long and illustrious career. career. Mm-hmm. Yes. So Rocky II... The sequel. Um, Apollo Creed, uh, although that was a high-profile fight and got a lot of attention, kind of feels like his ego got a little bit bruised by that, and he wants a rematch. He wants to prove to everybody that he's not going to get knocked around by an amateur. Which is funny, because not five minutes before, he looked Rocky in the eyes and said, ain't going to be no rematch, Balboa, ain't going to be no rematch. Yeah, well... (laughs) Whoops. <laughs> Rocky made way too much money and made too many awards for, for them not to be a sequel. And I think it would make sense. It makes sense that, that yeah, I think that he would want a round two. And what do we want to see? We want to see Rocky as the heavyweight champion. This movie is just all fan service. It's going to give you exactly what you want. And it does, and it doesn't suck for it. But it is noticeably a degree down, I would say, from Rocky. And whereas I said Rocky was a character piece, this is a boxing movie. I think to Rocky, the good and the bad. Yeah, I think Rocky Two is the movie that people remember when they're thinking of Rocky One. Right. Um, where it is definitely... And I know that in some ways it's the format that Rocky established to begin with, but it's still the sports movie format. But... This one's a little bit more plot-driven and a little bit less character-driven. There are plot reasons why you need to do these things. Rocky has a bunch of money. Having never had a bunch of money before... He's not good at it. He blows it all away. He immediately <laughs> immediately marries Adrian. Um, and I say immediately. I guess they try and pay, uh, put some months between Rocky... Uh, Rocky 1 and Rocky 2 really picking up. But it still feels like six months is a bit quick to get married. Um, Not in the 70s. Oh, sorry. I wasn't <laughs> well, right. he owns her now, right? She's oh, his yeah, property. That's the one. <laughs> he, gave, he gave Polly two camels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> he had to take them to the pet store, exchange them for turtles. It was a whole thing. It sounds like we're like exaggerating being unkind, but only just a little. Yeah, <laughs> only just a little. Uh, and yeah, we're gonna have we're gonna be introduced to uh, Rocky Jr. <laughs> She's got a bun in the oven. So. Oh, it was definitely just. Uh, he really takes after his mom as being a mostly useless character. Well, yeah, we'll get to him once he's get, once he's born. But, uh, yeah. I, I thought it was maybe a little bit uh, ugly is that that was sort of used to help amp the dramatic tension. That, you know, it, it, It's really weird because... Okay, so first of all, yeah, let's set up the scene. So Rocky uh, finishes the fight with Apollo Creed. He's like, I need to rematch you. Uh, Rocky's like, I don't know, maybe not. And then immediately uh, he takes his winnings money and blows it. He just 
really, he's just so excited about being middle class all of a sudden. Yeah. He just runs right through it. Marries Adrian. All of a sudden, they're having uh, money problems. Turns out, Sylvester Stallone's character, Rocky, isn't a good actor. Um, yeah. He can't get any gigs doing commercials. He's really bad at it. Uh, he needs money. Looks like this fight from Apollo is not such a bad idea after all. Uh, Adrian is not okay with it. The, again, I might be confusing a different Rocky, but I remember no. she's like not okay with it. Then she goes into a plot coma, and yeah, then yes. she has a baby. Uh, and, and she wakes up fully supporting. Yeah, she wakes up. She's like, <laughs> I had a lot of time in purgatory. And, uh, <laughs> I think the coma was a punishment for not properly supporting my husband. Yes. Yeah. Let that be a lesson, girls. As a narrative <laughs> device, I mean, again, I say that glibly, but that's not, I don't think, too far of no. mark. <laughs> and I think Rocky too. So not... Uh, we're not, being meaner than we need to be. We're being but. meaner than we need to be. I think because Rocky too. it's fun. <laughs> yes, it's fun. Rocky 2 benefits a lot from the groundwork of Rocky 1, and I don't mean in terms of characters, I mean in terms of emotional uh, buy-in. Because yeah. it's All like I should say... All of the heavy lifting has been done in one, so 2 can just if Rocky, If Rocky 2 was the first one released, and like let's ignore the fight with Apollo, like, let's say it's relatively the same situation, but there wasn't this climactic first fight... And this was just the sports movie. First of all, it'd be it's a lot more generic. Mm-hmm. Um, but you would not have the emotional momentum of already wanting to see Rocky succeed. Right. Um, and I don't actually... I have this thing, and I break this rule all the time, where I feel like you should be able to judge a movie on its own, of its own merits. Um, but I also think that when you have sequels, you're also telling a broader narrative. And it can be tricky doing both. Um, some Star Wars movies, for example, fare better on their own, uh, and some make more sense as the third or what have you. Rocky Two, I think, works better as Rocky Two, um, as sequel to Rocky One, than it does as Rocky Two, the movie. Standing alone. Yeah. yeah. No, the same way. A lot of these franchise shows I'll review separately, and the, they'll, they'll get reviewed twice. You get to review Friday the Thirteenth Part Four against five other horror movies. And then you can also review it against its series, the, mm-hmm. the place from which it's playing, from which it belongs. Yes, as a standalone movie, not as interesting. As a Rocky movie, it's better than a lot of them, I'm going to say. Yeah. yeah. It moves fairly quickly. Uh, it doesn't break any of the rules of the world of Rocky, which I am going to say I think that some of them <laughs> do stray into a little bit fantasy science fiction. We're not on Rocky three yet. We're going to get there. We're going to get there. Um, I, it's still real world enough. I still like Apollo enough, although they up his villainy level a little bit and just think he really, he's pissed off and he feels like he's got something to prove. Um, But uh, I kind of like the mutual respect that's being brewed between these characters and that that's going to come to pay off when they buddy up in the next movie. (laughs) So, uh, like you say, they benefited from the work done of the previous movie and they started setting things up because you get the feeling like they knew they had a franchise at this point. We shouldn't go any further. We forgot to mention Mickey again. He's such a central <laughs> character. Uh, and yet, in terms of the plot, you can gloss right over him because as important as he is to Rocky, the character, as far as Rocky the movie goes, he's just the trainer. He could, his, as a plot device, he could just be a generic trainer. And he becomes a generic trainer later on. Spoilers when he's no longer with us. Well, but he, as a character, he is really interesting. He screams expletives and motivates and motivates our character, and he's good at it, but that's the color he adds to the movie. Mm-hmm. 
That's that's that like he plays his part so perfectly that he he, he kind of disappears into the background. That doesn't sound like a compliment, but it's absolutely a compliment. Uh, that guy shows up in all of these movies. What was that Russell Crowe boxing movie? Paul Giamatti played. Oh that yeah, the Cinderella Man. Cinderella Man, right? Uh, in, in <laughs> James Wood played that guy in Digstown. If you haven't seen Digstown, check out Digstown. Clint uh, Eastwood played that one in Million Dollar Baby. Exactly. He's just that old crabby dude that screams at you. You know, you've just spent two minutes getting your head kicked in, and you sit down to catch a breath, and the guy says, What the hell are you doing, you moron? <laughs> Get right your gloves on. up. <laughs> Splashing water in the face, slapping you, you know, that guy. He plays that guy well. We like Mickey. <laughs> and in terms of writing, I think he plays a really important role in this movie specifically, where he is the first one, and it is the first moment where they mention that Rocky might be. Uh, health-wise actually unfit to fight and they ignore it every time they need a new sequel but I think it's an interesting concept because if you watch real boxing which I don't um, a big part of it is blocking dodging and then getting your hits in while you can humans even well said <laughs> even heavyweight champions can't take a lot of strong blows to the head or even to the body. Eventually, you just give out. Even the best of the best can only hold on for so long. Yeah. Um, and in the Rocky movies, he just takes it to the face. It's like his talent is you could just pummel his face and he'll just keep on coming. It's... And it's weird. And it's definitely, I think it's a product of not boxers making a boxing movie. But... In this movie, Mick goes like, in the last movie, there's this thing where he gets a very heavily swollen, uh, I guess it would be his right eye, uh, and they have to cut it to relieve the pressure, but it's close. In this movie, Mick immediately is like, yeah, you won that by the skin of your teeth. Your eye, you cannot see, your peripheral vision's gone because of that fight. Yeah. You're in no shape to fight. And they play it up a little bit later on. I think it's the most interesting angle in terms of uh, the Rocky stuff, and I appreciate it that it gets started here. Right. Um, he does get <laughs> bludgeoned at the end of the movie, and this is definitely movie boxing. Like, my father watched boxing, as he liked to call it pugilistic antagonism, <laughs> and, and, and you very rarely we'll see the exchanges of head blow, head blow, head blow, back and forth, back and forth like that, and slow motion blood and spit going across. Like, <laughs> like uh, It's very cinematic, but uh, I appreciate it. Again, we'll see it to talk about it later in the series where they actually try to make it seem very authentic uh, as we progress onward. Haven't heard a lot from Ashley. Um, not, not a lot to say in Rocky II. Um... Uh, sort of to echo that I really appreciate what they do bringing Apollo Creed back and having him as as again like the antagonist but not villainous we don't hate him we don't hate him he's too he's too good he's too Carl Weathers he's He's Action Jackson Uh, yeah, I, I I keep on running into this again and again in the podcast. <laughs> Maybe it's just a sign that I've started to I've hit the wall of watching too many movies. But I keep on having these reviews where my 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 son point of it is it's fine. <laughs> <laughs> that's it. You heard it, folks. Three thousand movies. That's too, that's when you start falling off. Then everything just becomes it's fine. It's fine. I'm I'm okay with it, you know. <laughs> I don't. I You've don't seen feel... enough greatness to not be oppressed, and enough horribleness to not be saddened anymore. It's just yeah. 
just a wash of artistic numb. It is a not unworthy success for uh, to, to Rocky, but it's certainly not the Godfather Part Two either. Is Kingsman it? Part Two. <laughs> it's closer to Kingsman Two than it is to the Godfather Two. Is there anything else you guys want to say about Number Number Two? No, we covered it. Oh, by the way, Rocky wins in this one. Oh yeah. Um, All right. Spoilers. Spoilers. Jeez, dude. Got to get that look back, Rock. I the tiger, come on. I will destroy any man who tries to take what I got. I'm gonna torch him. I'm gonna crucify him real bad. For the first time in my life, I'm afraid. Damn, man, come on! There's nothing wrong with being afraid. You thought I was tough, this jump will kill you. You wake up after a few years thinking you're a winner, but you're not. There is no tomorrow. You're really a loser. Well, I don't believe it. There is no tomorrow. Come on, come on, come on, come on. Rocky's greatest challenge to save his honor, his marriage, and his manhood against his most devastating and dangerous opponent. Bust you up. Go for it. Sylvester Stallone, Talia Shire, Burgess Meredith, Carl Weathers, Burt Young, and introducing Mr. T. Rocky III, an American tradition. So, yeah, we didn't mention in Rocky II that Stallone has stepped into the director's chair. He's also going to direct Rocky III, in which Rocky fights the 80s. Uh, <laughs> I think that's it. I think you've said all we need to say about Rocky III. All right, crew, Rocky IV. <laughs> it's like there was a real sort of a disco 70s twinge in Rocky II. Rocky III, like he fights Hulk Hogan and Mr. T. And in the next episode, he fights the crazy 80s. Like, Rocky IV could have been in the episode Ashley and I did. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but, yeah, now we have Rocky as the heavyweight champion. And we have this new up-and-comer, played by Mr. T, Clubber Lang. And um, I think the, the, the arc in this one is that Rocky feels invincible. And we get to see that Rocky is not invincible. He can lose things. And in order for his arc to be to work again, or for us to get that big elation at the end, it has to feel like he has achieved something. And just retaining his title wouldn't felt like he achieved things. This is the installment where Rocky must suffer, <laughs> and suffer he does. Uh, uh, it's entertaining enough, but I think it continues the downward trend that we've seen from the beginning, but I don't want to speak for you guys. Ashley, what did you think of Rocky 3? So, my frustration with Rocky 3 is that I can really see the good movie it could have been. <laughs> um, and, and, I, and I pitched my rewrite uh, when, when we watched this and we didn't know we'd be talking about you. Uh, but if I, had it to do, if I had it to do again, you would follow Clubber Lang for most of the movie until he defeats Rocky and then you would follow Rocky on his fight to retain or uh, regain his title. Uh, but alas, nobody asked me. <laughs> right. 
<laughs> this is the first time in the Rocky series where I was not as charmed by the montage, where the montage started to feel like this is just an essential ingredient of a Rocky movie and we have to have it. This and is also we're going through our paces now. Yeah. yeah, they also double this is the first double montage one, right? Well, at this point, the Rocky movies start to be made of montage. Yeah, you, you joke, but I legitimately, I, I legitimately think that it increases by one or two montages from here on out. Yeah. Um, I am not kidding at all. With one exception. But, uh, yeah, no, it's... it's uh, Yeah. Here's the thing. Rocky... Going back to you saying that this could have been a better movie. Mm-hmm. Rocky 2, the better Rocky 2 was just Rocky. It was right. the first one, right? The better version of this could have been a lot of things. There are a lot of interesting directions you can take it from here on out. Uh, I think another part of your pitch, Ashley, was that, oh, I guess we should get to um, Mickey and his fate. So mm-hmm. Rocky loses to Clever Lang, and Mickey's mm-hmm. like, all right, you did it, cool. Uh, people lose eventually. You should retire. Remember how I said you should retire the first movie? Uh, I think you should still retire. Yeah. Um, And Rocky says no, and that kills Mickey. Right. (laughs) (laughs) He kills Mickey. Rocky did it. (laughs) I was saying, I I remember, just for some reason, I just, uh, as a kid, didn't like like seeing Sylvester Stallone cry, I guess. (laughs) Uh, I I guess I still, uh, as much as I complain about it, you know, in some way, look up to people who are physically very strong. And I, I, there's something so humbling about the way he weeps <laughs> over Mickey that is kind of strong. I can't understand a fucking word coming out of his mouth. Same thing with the climactic end of uh, First Blood, his first Rambo movie. When he breaks down sobbing, you can tell that there's a powerful performance going on. I wish I could understand <laughs> what he was saying. He just needs something. He's definitely there emotionally, but... <laughs> seems really mean, but that's what, that's what I hear, you know? But it's authentic. We're sad that Mickey's dead, and, and now we want him to punch Clubber Lang really, really hard. <laughs> Let's see, I'm going to hit you with so many lefts, you'll beg me for a right. (laughs) (laughs) So then, from this point, uh, Rocky doesn't have a trainer, and Apollo Creed steps in. And then the the movie shows that it's a little bit racist, I suppose, (laughs) because he goes to train in L.A. with Creed, and Polly just keeps fun. What a scumbag. So first of all, they should have dropped Polly from the first movie, let alone keeping him around now. They keep giving us reasons to not like Polly. <laughs> Polly walks around, but like here's the thing, Polly Okay, so first of all, Adrian didn't need to come to LA. But Polly really didn't need to come to L.A. to train with Apollo Creed. And he keeps making comments like, Oh, you, you, can't, you can't train like you coloreds. Uh, it's jungle music. There's like uh, 80s uh, hip-hop kind of playing. And he's like, oh, it's jungle music. And I'm like... Eh. And everyone's kind of like, oh, Polly, that's no good. But it's not enough. It feels like they think they're acknowledging racism, but actually they're kind of contributing to it. It's like Polly's your senile grandmother that you have to keep <laughs> apologizing for, except for he is neither senile nor grandmother. <laughs> He's just this hateful person. Yeah. yeah. But then every now and then he'll say, I love you, Rocky. <laughs> And that makes Aww. it all better. Yeah, sure. Uh, uh, the whole Polly family could have packed up and left for all I care. I'm not super attached to any of that lineage. He does not feel like an essential ingredient to me, but he's with us. Was he a crowd favorite? I don't remember. Like, I think he's supposed to be the comic relief. 
I think we're supposed to find his antics amusing or oh shucks that racist Uncle Polly what you gonna do just like C-3PO in the Star Wars movies we like him but just kind of want him to shut up and yeah. stay in the background I don't even know that I like 3PO anymore I like, <laughs> I like Anthony Daniels Yes. I like Anthony Daniels more than I like C-3PO um, anyway so the other part of your pitch that oh, I thought interesting do you want to talk yeah, uh, so I suggested that we could make Adrian useful if she, you know, had been following boxing all this time and stepped up and trained Rocky. What? And then she would, it would make sense that she is encouraging him instead of her being like, hey, I don't like how you get your face beat in. If she was all like, hey, I've been with you long enough. It made me uncomfortable at first. You could retcon the second one a little bit. Mm-hmm. But you have it in you, Rocky. I, I, as corny as it might sound, you have it in you. And Apollo Creed is off doing something else for plot reasons and Mickey died. I am going to get you there. And uh, that would make the relationship more interesting. It would give them stakes. It would make her useful. Such a good idea. That's she not loves Rocky. Out. She knows that she's not going to talk him out of boxing, so maybe she can try and keep him as safe as humanly possible. Yeah. yeah. I buy it. I buy it. Um, what we get is exactly what we expect. And I think that's the main, I guess, thing that works against <laughs> I guess maybe the death of Mickey would have been a surprise at the time. It certainly didn't feel so this time. Again, it's handled interestingly. Mickey dies thinking that Rocky had won the fight, but he didn't win the fight. Um, so Rocky has another thing he needs to prove. But it was all in the service. Like, that that death was at the altar of Rocky Balboa. He had to die so that Rocky could have the motivation to yeah. win back that championship. Everybody is all just for Rocky. And again, as you said so succinctly before, Ashley, Talia Shire is the most obvious example of that. She is there to support Rocky. And whenever she doesn't support Rocky, it's just like, oh, tisk tisk. Uh, I, I get it. I get it. Like... Maybe she should be in charge of the finances, since Rocky clearly doesn't know what he's doing. Holy and, cow. You know, uh, maybe she's not, it's not a bad thing that she doesn't want you to be pulverized as a, as a career choice. Maybe. Maybe I mean, people I who care about you. Yeah, I don't, I, I, it's not a fair thing. I don't think they're vilifying her exactly, but she no. feels kind of like an obstacle or a thing that Rocky At has to do. At best, she's, she's a plot device. Yeah. And I never was super... Because the moment to have her be an interesting character was Rocky 1, and they blew that with all the stuff that we spoke of before and since then they've tried to reinvent her kind of as like oh you broke her out of her shell look at how go get him she is now but it doesn't ever ring true and I think uh, because she isn't she spends the entire series waiting for Rocky to you know not do the things she told him not to do and he goes and does the things she told him not to do and it turns out badly and then she has to support him while he sorts it out by getting his face punched in also and I get that it's a big ego bruise this movie especially, Rocky could just retire. He has all the money. Mm-hmm. He, he He's found his balance for endorsing stuff. He's done the gimmick ring. He's not good at being a spokesperson per se, but that's not the only way for a former champion to make money. As we see in later episodes, he can you know basically be a host at a restaurant. There's, a lot, there's other options for him, but Rocky needs to fight. Oh. And it's it's... It's not about circumstances forcing back in. It's not that Godfather. Every time I think I'm out, they pull me back in. Rocky wants to get back in that ring because he believes on some level that he isn't anything unless he's reproving himself in the ring. And for me, that's a strange lesson. 
that's the thing that I don't understand about the rock. I get the idea of let's cheer for somebody who goes from a low place to a big place. And who pulls themselves up by their bootstraps, too. Underdogs, yeah, I understand that. But in the end, uh, I don't know what the message of the cumulative message of these movies is. Your life doesn't have to be about fighting. It doesn't. It doesn't. But Rocky... Not only is it, but that's the sort of the thing that makes him a champion, makes him heroic, makes us want to be him or cheer for him. And, yeah, other than, yeah, like I say, triggering my bully switch, maybe that might be one of the things that I've always found hard to access about it. I, I don't back that story. I think that there are other things that he could do. He could use his physical, you know, gifts to do things other than hurt people. <laughs> um, but... That just goes back to me not liking violent sports. So again, I'm a I'm a I'm a wimp. Here's a question for you guys: Do you think by this time around they thought this was going to be the last one? Because like, do not. I, it seems not like it, right? Because it feels like it could have been a trilogy, but nothing about this feels like they were trying to stop the momentum. No, this no. is full on, and I really do think that the the Top Gunish montage of uh, establishing Apollo and and Rocky as bestest friends was to help us set up for the inevitable tragedy that we're going to see in the subsequent film. Like, I think that there were some seeds being planted, not in a lot, like a really obvious stop-the-plot Marvel Universe way, but yeah. <laughs> uh, we lost Mickey, we kind of took Apollo into the fold. He's one of the boys now, right? And, yeah, he'll play the Mickey role in yeah. the next movie. Uh, so for Rocky Two, I said, it's fine. For Rocky Three, I'll say, it's okay. <laughs> but let's see if we can dig any further. <laughs> That's the kind of in-depth analysis that we like to bring to rank and review. Is there anything else you wanted to say, you guys? No, let's get to four. Okay. Let's crack our knuckles and talk about Rocky. December 25th. Where? It's in Russia. Are you nuts? Miss Balboa, when will you be going to Russia? I'm not going to Russia. I don't know what you're talking about. He's had one professional fight, and one man is dead. To Pee. He's going to have to kill me. Why can't you change your thinking? Because I'm a fighter. You can't win! Four. This entire thing is a dream he has. On the he was he was the one in the coma in Rocky Two. <laughs> He's laying on the canvas, and uh, faintly in the background, you can hear a ref counting one, two, and uh, as he's counted out, he has this dream where he fights. Drago, played by Dolph Lundgren, and achieves world peace by beating him. Well, if you can change. And you can change. And we all can change. Because uh, apparently, although our same familiar cast of characters is here, we have we've entered some gonzo 
alternate universe science fiction world. <laughs> like, uh, this is a crazy 80s movie. This is like, yeah. Sylvester Stallone's ego has definitely gone through the roof. He's getting married to Bridget Nielsen. He's done this movie and Cobra pretty much back to back. And his ego is out of, it's at Kanye level. <laughs> okay, so like, he, he's out of control and nobody's going to say no to him. Whatever he touches is worth millions of dollars. No matter how bad a Rambo movie he makes, it's going to make money. And no matter how bad a Rocky movie he makes, it's going to make money. The most complimentary thing I can say about Rocky IV is that it is 91 minutes long. And it is... <laughs> packed tight with information and imagery like it will not bore you but can i say it's good can i even say it's so bad it's good i don't know <laughs> it's fucking bizarre and maybe in that way that makes it more interesting than okay or fine but it is fucking bizarre and that's where i start with rocky four <laughs> We haven't mentioned it, I don't know what it plays into the movies, but each one of these movies uh, starts with the last fight in the previous movie, like just shot for shot. Usually they're not cut down at all, they just take the last fight and then they kick it off. So Rocky's the heavyweight champion again, all things are right in the universe, but it's the Cold War. <laughs> Polly's hate is much more harnessed and focused in this I movie. think he goes on to lead the Empire and take over the galaxy. No, but, but, but we can get behind Polly's hatred of the USSR. <laughs> or can we? Um, There's a robot in this one. Polly gets a robot. Polly gets a robot. Polly has a strangely sexual relationship with a non-humanoid robot. So can we can we just, instead of doing like Rocky uh, 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, and 6, can we do Rocky 1, 2, 3, 3.5 Polly and the robot and then Rocky 4 as a separate thing because I think we need to focus on the fact that this is a Rocky movie that has a fucking robot that can talk talking robot the B plot well it's not really a B plot it's just there it like rolls into a scene there's actually one scene I laughed out loud I was watching it and the uh, Kyle Weathers is having a conversation unrelated and it like rolls by and even he's and like that's he fucked up and he's like what the hell is that and it's like from your lips to God's ear, man. What the hell is that? What does it have to do with anything? And I guarantee you, it's all like a coked out <laughs> Sylvester Stallone saying, "You know what this movie needs? It needs a, it needs robots, man. Kids like robots. Like the best thing. Can I, I fight a robot? The, the Star Wars mu movies were huge. What did they have? Robots. <laughs> All the robots. Everybody's You a ask robot. if he can fight a robot. He basically does in this movie. <laughs> First of all, uh, it was kind of... Uh, I'm not convinced he's not a replicant. <laughs> that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Um, the In the last one, I think, I forget, but I feel like Clubber Lang and Sylvester... Uh, sorry, uh, um, Mr. T and Sylvester Stallone would not be in the same weight class. Uh, <laughs> Dolph Lundgren and Sylvester Stallone are not in the same weight Species. class. <laughs> Interesting fun fact. Uh, Sylvester Stallone almost died making this movie. He wanted to get in the, get into the uh, fight scenes to make him look as real as possible, and in the end, it just ends up you you really hit each other, right? Uh, I kind of prefer like the Martin Scorsese's Raging Bull kind of approach to it, where it's not quote unquote real, but there's a there's a strange 
beauty slash brutality simultaneously thing. Mm-hmm. Rocky just got into the slow motion spit take. Seemed to be their go-to. <laughs> yeah. Right? So, I mean, maybe they were trying to do something or at least elevate the slow motion spit take in this case. Perhaps? <laughs> I could be wrong. I, I could be wrong. Um, he asked Dolph Lundgren to punch him as hard as he could. Just, just hit me as hard as he can. And Lundgren was like, uh... Uh, I thought we were going to be, you know, doubles or whatever. And he decides, well, I'm not going to hit him in the face as hard as I can. So he gives him a shot. Center mass. And off to the hospital goes Sylvester Stallone. His heart's swollen. And production is stopped for several weeks. There's an alternate universe where this movie just got folded because Dolph Lundgren literally killed, killed uh, Sylvester Stallone. And uh, it didn't, obviously. He survived and finished the movie. But it's amazing to me that the movie didn't kill his career. Between this and Cobra, and I guess it was maybe a few more years later before Sophomore was to shoot, he's about to enter his really embarrassing phase. <laughs> the things that would lead him to go on to do, like, Spy Kids and stuff before his comeback. But of all the movies to, to almost die on, Rocky Four. <laughs> Ouch. Oh... What else can we say about Rocky for? I mean... We haven't said anything about Dolph it, though. Lundgren. That's the thing. What so do we like, feel about Dolph Lundgren? <laughs> I thought he did a good job. I think he very nicely represented, like, hey, we're we're the Russians and we're just going to cheat at humans. Yeah. Um, that's, so that's the thing. So we haven't actually, like, set this movie up. We've, we've poked holes at it. But, like, okay, so Rocky's beat Clever Lang. He's the rich champion. There isn't... It's not really about uh, there's a bigger, tougher foe. They're not doing the Dragon Ball C thing. I, I, like, and I understand that Dolph Lundgren is the bigger, tougher foe. But that's not the point. The point is that he's Russian. So the Russians are bringing their uh, champion in. It's in the midst of the Cold War. They're uh, going to be allowed to box for the first time. I think the movie says it's the first time Russians have been in sports, which is a dumb thing to say. <laughs> uh, like, oh, the first yeah. time in international sports or whatever. It's their first time in international boxing. Yeah, it's the first time the, fighting the, Americans, so it's the first time it matters. Sure. And, and <laughs> let's, be, yeah, let's be real clear. The heavyweight Russian champion is steroids. Yeah. He steroids the person. Yeah. Um, they're all like, oh, we have advanced facilities. And sure they do, but they also inject him with hella steroids. Yeah. Advanced facilities for building better men through science. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> well, but especially in this time and age, it was uh, building better men into lesser men. I mean, uh, you, <laughs> you end up looking and sounding like you're mid-transition if yeah. <laughs> you overdo the steroids. Um, I think you're right that Dolph London does a good job of being physically frightening and intimidating but I find the whole uh, apparatus behind him that weird like it's like it's like a bunch of judges about to cross-examine him <laughs> falls around and Bridget Nielsen talking about the, the pretentious Americans thinking that they're so good at everything it's like does anybody have that kind of entourage really like it seemed to be like they found this physical specimen in Dolph Lundgren and that's that's what he is in this movie uh, uh, and since he could barely speak English they had to have this entourage to speak for him. But it's written in such a way that I think that works. Yeah. Sure. He is a villain, though. He, Like I said, there was some yeah. dimension to uh, Apollo. Clever Lang was kind of a, vi- a villain, too, but he was, he was more arrogant. He was more unlikable. 
this guy almost feels like he, he's a super villain. Like, he's almost disappointed he can't kill everyone he boxes. <laughs> Literally been Frankenstein built in some lab somewhere to crush the hopes and dreams of America. <laughs> yes. So, of course, Apollo Creed, having been out of the game for a little while, sees this and he's like, you know what I need to do? I need to do a novelty match. I need to win one for America, win one for me. And, uh, by the way, Rocky, you and I are going to be best friends forever. <laughs> hey, Master, I'm sorry about all the things I said about the boy. You've trained me very well. Oh, actually, I have nothing left to teach you, wouldn't you know it? Cool. We're going to keep doing this, right, Qui-Gon? Yeah, totally, Obi-Wan. Totally going to keep doing this. Yeah. So, death in the ring. And again, this is another missed opportunity of the Rocky franchise in a world where the Rocky franchise was able to take itself seriously. Dudes die in the ring. And they die out of the ring more often. As something unrelated has happened mm -hmm. with their brains. Um, it's just used as a motivator for Rocky. And again, I think that... It's too bad because... Writing-wise, I think it's a strong decision. I think it's really shitty that Apollo Creed's death is wrapped up in this movie because I think it's a great idea. They way overplay their hand. So Apollo challenges this Russian, uh, and then he throws basically a... The 4th of uh, July. <laughs> he throws the 4th of July at Vegas um, in this ring, and then the Russian kills him in the ring. But I, like, with more focus being put on, we want Apollo Creed's... A, uh, um, motivations to make sense, right. and B, death to matter. I think this could have been a really powerful decision. And I, I don't know how you reacted uh, to this compared to when Mickey died, but for me it was definitely a, whew, um, it, it felt uncomfortable, and it would have almost been a cool idea, not quite worth it still, but a cool idea, if there was robots and Fourth of July's being thrown and stuff. And then, uh, and maybe actually this is what they thought they were doing, and then Apollo Creed dies and everything grinds to a halt and it's a serious movie from here on out. Well, but it's not. not. It's too ridiculous to the left and right for that scene to be really have any real weight and we should care about this. It shouldn't just be a motivating thing that gets Rocky. It's it, like, like Apollo's dying and the camera's focused on Rocky. And by the way, there's this big thing where Apollo's like, don't throw in the towel and then Rocky doesn't. And then he gets literally beat to death. And, and no one brings it up. <laughs> no I one. think, if anything, Rocky should feel personally responsible for not throwing in the yeah. towel a lot earlier than he did. Live with the fact that your friend's pissed off at you, that you threw in the towel, yeah. but that you still have your friends. And you want to know what? That would actually be a really cool motivation for Rocky, because right? he is the kind of guy that would be like, oh, Apollo would have been real mad if I threw in the towel. What have I done? Like, he thinks not throwing in the towel oh, is the same as talking to this girl at the street. And Creed doesn't even have to die to do that. No. Yeah. Creed gets, you know, beat up. He's comatose. Rocky's thrown in the towel, but Creed's, you know, out, and he'd be so upset, and now Rocky has to finish what his friend started. Yeah. Or something. Or something. Uh, like that's the that's the other part of it is the Russians are like okay we'll fight Rocky but only in Russia and Mother Russia and and by the way we've now had I think our second montage by this point uh, before he even gets to Russia to trade steps to the Philadelphia Museum not good enough he's gonna climb a fucking mountain for us this time around <laughs> he's never been to before but whatever here's one thing that I think uh, m maybe it wasn't on purpose maybe this is accidentally smart but I. I was desperately looking for something <laughs> so that I wasn't just being mean through this whole thing. But like at the, uh, the, the event in Vegas, it's like cheerleaders, dancing, confetti, uh, 
popular uh, spousal abuser James Brown oh, giving great. a concert, uh, <laughs> and it's this loud, garish, over-the-top thing, and all the Russians seem very bored slash disgusted by it. It's kind of interesting how you don't have to agree with it. You can still hate those evil Russians, but when they do their version of it, it's this cold, stoic, respectful recitation of it. And uh, if that's what you grew up with, I could say, yeah. I could see looking at that event in Vegas with some measure of contempt. Yeah. <laughs> and I don't know if it was on purpose, but I thought that approached kind of clever. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but... Uh, I just have to acknowledge the speech that Rocky gives at the end of this movie. Where he talks about it. If I can have forgiveness, and you can have forgiveness, maybe we can all have forgiveness. Nah, this I can change. killed your friend. And you can way. change. Maybe we can all change. Yeah. We can all change, yeah. Oh, and that was He's the not big... talking about the events of the movie. He's just talking about <laughs> the movie. <laughs> Please forgive us. God-smacking pretentious of it. Like, it really yeah. it really does feel like he's gonna he's gonna put an end and to even, all the like, there's, there's no there's no attempts to pretend like it's anything else. Even the title of the, or not the title, the artwork for the movie is just Rocky wreathed in an American flag with wind blowing. I'm surprised he doesn't have a, an eagle on his shoulder. It's jingoistic, and it's like, it almost makes me wish Drago had won the fight. <laughs> that would have been great. That would have been great. Have you ever seen the thing where, you know, the Yogi Bear movie that came out? Yeah. Um, and there was some student that, like, basically beat for beat, digitally animated an alternate ending where it ends, like, uh, the assassination of Jesse James by the coward Rob Ford. <laughs> and it just has Bobo killing, Ro- uh, not Rocky, killing uh, yeah, Yogi for the sheriff, and he's like, "Oh, I gotta, I gotta tell you, someone needs to make the version of this where Rocky also dies." Oh, not to derail it, but the most infamous, almost done of that. Have you ever seen Dodgeball the movie? Yes, the original screenplay. They lost, <laughs> and then they slammed crutch to credits, and it was all a big elaborate joke <laughs> on the audience, and uh, they just didn't have the guts at the last minute to pull, to pull, pull the trigger. Um, this movie is a bonkers mess. I mean, some people might find it an enjoyable bonkers mess. I don't know if it was my mood or if it was because it was just another Rocky movie I was watching. I, I was really having a hard time. <laughs> you're, you're right in that it's almost crazy enough to be entertaining, if nothing else. Right. But I don't think anything of this is it, particularly quality. Yeah, it does need Eddie Murphy searching for a small Asian magical child. <laughs> <laughs> it is of the age of the golden child. Absolutely. Oof. His title is in the hands of a new champion. He might win a few fights, but he's no Rocky Balboa. Controlled by an unscrupulous promoter. This is your medical report. It's not so good, but we can work around it. All that's left is his family. We've been down before. I'll get it all back. His heart. I gotta fight, okay? I got problems, I gotta fight. And a dream. A dream to get it all back. This is a tremendous opportunity. Opportunity for who? For you to make money for him to be disabled? You know he can't carry Balboa stuff. As long as they got Balboa in the brain, he'll always be champ. Jet man to fight, and if he refuses, then you gotta insult him. You gotta dog him. You gotta humiliate him. You gotta do whatever you got to do to get him into that ring. They tell me you're a piece of garbage. You know that? No. That's it. You told him I fight anywhere, anytime. 
In the ring, in the ring. Tommy Gunn only fights in the ring. My ring's outside. Yeah? Let's do it. Come on, Tommy, knock me out! So Rocky V, <laughs> Rocky V, some years passed, we've broken, it's 1990, and I think that, you know, everybody can be a little bit embarrassed and ashamed, maybe, you know, maybe, maybe Sylvester Stallone did a little rehab. This feels like the movie where you wake up the night after a party and you're like, oh fuck, that party wasn't worth it. What, what did I do? What did I do? There's... There's it reminds like, me of underwear the, on your face. I'm never boxing again. <laughs> the Halloween franchise, Halloween 3, did a chapter that had nothing to do with Michael Myers, nothing to do with anything. And the fans were not happy with it. And Halloween 4 felt like them saying, I'm sorry. <laughs> That's what Rocky 5 seems to at least to have been an attempt to be. Like, it was like, we realized we went far off the rails and that we went from being this sort of uh, inspirational drama to being whatever the fuck Rocky IV was. <laughs> so uh, John T. Avildsen comes back to the director of the original Rocky and uh, they're going to do a sort of, I guess this is Rocky and the Crystal Skull. This is the Rocky that officially embraces old Rocky. Rocky is now going to be training uh, young Tommy Gunn, this young up-and-comer. And I think Who that's... I think he went on to go start a chain of uh, haircut salons. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That is an impressive mullet. We were looking, I spent the movie waiting for that mullet to get punched off. Yeah. <laughs> and I think the essential failure of the drama of the movie is that we're never allowed to like the Tommy Gunn character. I think that if we liked him or cared about him from the beginning of the movie, his change would have affected us and we would have been more disappointed and more angered by him and felt something when it got to the fight. And also the fact that this doesn't culminate in the way that your regular Rocky does. It's not a big stadium event or personal redemption or public, pardon me, public redemption. It's a straight up street fight. It's an alley fight behind a bar. I'm impressed that they found something worse than that. I almost like, I, not to skip ahead, but to skip ahead. That last fight is maybe the low point of the movie, I think. Well, and as a climax to any of the Rocky series, it feels adjacent. I guess where I come in with Rocky Five is that I get what they were trying to do, and I get how they failed. At least for me. I don't want to speak for you guys. And again, uh, at this point, my patience with Rocky is pretty low. <laughs> and, 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 and maybe cinematically, people would have had five years or so between Rocky Four and Five to you know, get used to the idea of maybe there could be a new Rocky movie. Whereas I went right from the end credits of Rocky Four into Rocky oh, Five, oh. and I found the, the tonal adjustment almost impossible. <laughs> like, uh, it does take itself much more seriously than Rocky uh, Four, and it's trying things that make sense within the Rocky universe. I think it's a, I guess, a noble failure in that respect, but it does nothing to prove why it needs to exist yeah. to me. It feels like, in terms of tone, it feels like when you're driving on the highway and you realize you're not driving into the ditch, but you're listening into the ditch, and you do that instinctive jerk a little too hard to correct, and this movie is the jerk. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're the jerk. <laughs> this movie is the jerk starring Danny DeVito. <laughs> um, the, it, it's meant to be a swan song and an apology for Rocky. But it just doesn't land. And once again, it's too bad because it actually touches on one of my favorite ideas for Rocky, which, uh, spoilers, will never get addressed fully and I'll never get my perfect Rocky movie where they acknowledge 
you're fucking yourself up by doing these fights. In this one, they're like, you have brain damage. You can't fight anymore. You'll die. If you spend your career as a boxer, you could end up looking like Sylvester Stallone. That's... Don't do boxing, kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so, like, once again, it bookends with uh, Rocky Four. Um, it immediately starts, and Rocky's just defeated Drago. He goes into the shower... Uh, we get a nice shot of Sylvester Stallone leaning over the shower, getting all wet and steamy. And then, like, he's he's having a panic attack. Yeah. Like, his hands are shaking, he's breathing sharply, he can't focus. He is freaked out. That, I, I like, the idea of that fight and the the he's, he's, the gravity of it is hitting him yeah, finally. he's developing PTSD. Yeah. Yes. As we watch. And I actually found that really affecting well, it, it's drama. It's less spectacle and it's more character drama. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and and that they would continue coming to they continue coming back to that throughout the movie. Um, that it's not just that everybody's telling him he can't fight because he's got brain damage and it'll kill him. It's that he is afraid. Yeah. He's finally realized what he's risking every time he goes in the ring. Um, and. And I, I, I think that it's really good that, you know, now, finally, of all these movies later, that's starting to sink in for Rocky. But not uh, for too long. <laughs> well, and again, it's sort of addressed and then left, right? They, mm-hmm. they, they kind of move on to the Tommy machine gun character kid and don't... He Who's focuses himself on trying to bring up this up-and-comer. To be fair to, um, let's, sorry, <laughs> the actor who's playing Tommy here. Um, oh, my God. Tommy Morrison, he's a legit athlete and boxer. He is not an actor. And I think when you watch the movie, that's kind of a... <laughs> uh, but they, he's not the worst actor. No, he's not that, He's just the worst character. And that's saying something with a movie that still has Polly in it. <laughs> it's interesting, though, like that it's almost a, a camera shyness or a lack of confidence that people, anybody who's new in from the camera might sort of feel just a little bit, a mm-hmm. little bit step back. But it's counterintuitive to such a powerful character. It makes him kind of seem almost to have this weird childish quality to him in a weird way, uh, which makes him harder to like, which makes the turn of the narrative less impactful. It, this is a character-focused movie that still is plot-driven, and I think that's where they miss the boat, that people don't do things because it makes sense for them to do it. They do things because the plot needs them to do it. Rocky's son, who I think has switched actors uh, since the last one. Yeah, it's actually his son in this it's, one. It's actually his Sage son in this Stallone one. plays Rocky Balboa Jr., and yeah. he drives me bonkers with his dangling earring that's just like I can't not look at it whenever he's yeah. on screen. Yeah. It's Which super... is too bad, because he's like, I actually think Sage, Sage Stallone is giving a really good performance given the material he has to work yeah. with. There's something just weird about those scenes. I don't know what it is. Like, they're like. Uh, He's in a different movie. Yeah, I guess. (laughs) And he's sort of seeing his father, uh, father, another boxer, Mm -hmm. and he's sort of feeling neglected about this. Which is funny, we're going to see a complete reversal of that in the next movie. It's so ham-fisted, too, though. So, yeah, so Rocky gets off, he's developing PTSD, he lands back in America, immediately, immediately not Don King, uh, comes up, and it's all like, Hey, Rocky, you need to fight this guy! And the guy's like, yeah, Rocky, fight me. And Rocky's like, but I'm trying to announce that I'm retiring. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the guy that's not Don King 
keeps it up and just won't let go. And playing back to the PTSD thing, forget Tommy Gunn, forget Rocky Son. I think the central conflict of this movie should have been does Rocky fight and him succeeding. And maybe this would have angered the audiences. Whatever, fight me, this was supposed to be the last Rocky movie. Um, the, him coming to like, no, I'm done. I'm for real done. I'm actually for real done. Like, don't worry. Don't mess with his money. Don't mess with anything. Just have him finally beat that fight with his pride, which could have been what the Rocky movies were about up to this point. All of a sudden, you got yourself a swan song. But that's not how it goes. How does it go? <laughs> how does it go? Yeah, an alley fight, as we said. Like, the, uh, a very un, uh, uninspiring environment to make climax of the movie. Uh, I was going to say something just fell right out of my ear. <laughs> Ashley had a really good uh, we're jumping around quite a bit Ashley you had a really good description of the alley fight refresh me <laughs> you, you said that this is supposed to be the climax of the movie and it's supposed to be this deep personal fight but despite all that it comes across as petty and low stakes yes, yes. well said uh, <laughs> thank you there's a scene <laughs> and I know we're not talking about Creed today but there's a scene in Creed where Rocky is talking to Creed and uh, Creed's boxing into a mirror and he tells him that's going to be your most difficult opponent you ever face and it's interesting that Creed knows that but Rocky V does not because mm -hmm. that's the problem the battle isn't with Rocky himself Rocky's perfect yeah <laughs> <laughs> um, and even if he you know neglects his son a little bit in favor of Tommy uh, he doesn't do it in purpose and he loves his son and like um, Talia Shire. I would love to discuss her contribution to this movie. What? If there were one. Anyone? Uh, who, who on? What pardon? Talia Shire. What does she do did, for did us? Did Adrian in this movie? do anything for us in this movie? Which one? Hold on. <laughs> Rocky who? V. Yo, Adrian. Rocky. Oh, oh, yeah. I don't know. When did when did she die? I don't remember her in the rest of these movies. Yeah, like, you, you would think that that would have been a bigger moment. Right around the time her son's voice started to crack, then her character became completely useless. <laughs> like, uh, so useless, maybe we'll not that's, see her anymore. That's weird. I don't remember her son's uh, voice cracking in Rocky Two. <laughs> Alas. So, again, we're suffering a lot of the same problems here, people. Again, I like where the heart of the movie is. I like what it was trying to do. Yeah. This, this movie is actually fucking stellar on paper. If you were to hand me the treatment for this, I would have been like, yeah, that's how you end the Rocky series. I mean, I would have actually said, no, nah, do it with my, my thing where he actually retires and that's the conflict. But if you have to kind of follow the beats, I think the beats are in the right place. They have the right idea of it's not about Rocky overcoming a big bad. It is about him and his son. There is a new upstart. The upstart doesn't follow the right path like those story moments are really smart by themselves the execution is just poor and I don't know who I would blame except the director because at this point you I assume maybe Stallone still is uh, being a diva to some extent and I believe he still wrote this one right um, I believe so he definitely they wanted to Sylvester Stallone yeah. uh, they definitely I think wanted to de-silly if that's they wanted to be silly. They but wanted to make it more of a like a real world Rocky movie again, and I think they maybe accomplished that. It just wasn't a particularly great real world Rocky movie in the end. Yeah, it was. And when Ashley and I first watched the Rocky movies, we skipped this one. And I don't know, not to give too much away for the ranking, but like I don't know that this is necessarily the worst one. But I do think that it's the least important. 
You can skip this, go right to Balboa, and have lost nothing except for maybe a little bit of conflict with the kid. Well, yeah. I, again, uh, to, uh, to go back to where I started with this, I don't think any of these movies are essential past the first <laughs> Again, if you like the Rocky universe, go as deep as you want. But there's Rocky, and then there's the rest of the Rocky movies for yeah. me. I, I could be wrong, but that's and how it, I feel. <laughs> the, the biggest difference, though, is that Rocky... Four still felt culturally significant, not in a good way necessarily, but it's still the touchstone. It's oh, Rocky and the Russian, and yeah, the it, one it's with the very robot. Much the, the like the Rocky movies almost feel like a snapshot of their time, their individual times, even like within the the span of them coming out. And for for all of what it is, for really feels like a. a a snapshot of what America in the 80s wanted to think, wanted to to be. think it was. Yeah. Also, and I don't think we mentioned it, Polly's a dickbag. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he loses all of their money spectacularly. Like, yeah, I'd yeah, almost, that's the conflict I, of this movie. I'd, I'd almost be impressed. Like, I was like, fuck, I guess uh, Polly's in charge of the money. I guess I should have shorted the stock in Rocky or whatever. Because, like, Rocky should have broke Polly's thumbs. It would be a nice little <laughs> nod back yeah. to the first movie because he couldn't, he didn't have it in him to break anyone's thumbs that first movie. This Polly, is... after five movies, I'm ready to break your fucking. Polly should have been the. This should have been a brawl with Polly. This would have that would have made everything amazing. Like Tommy Gunn goes off and does his own thing, and then and then at the very end you reveal that Polly lost all their money and that's what happens. Like, oh, I thought it was the I thought it was the loader, but you did it, and then just have him. Beat the shit out of Polly! <laughs> Instead of punching out the pseudo John King, if he'd have knocked a couple teeth out of Polly's head, that would have been way more emotionally potent for me yeah. than anything we saw in Rocky Five. Oh, I do feel like we've been a little bit mean to it, but uh, I don't think unfair necessarily. Yeah. <laughs> Is there anything else you want to say about Rocky V? I mean, I could dunk on it for another hour, but we have places to go. It's, it's just, it's just one of those movies where you can frustratingly see the good story under the rough script. It's not fun bad in that way because it's almost not bad. Yeah. And yeah, the Rocky Machete order, all of them at but five. <laughs> because even even for sorry, I know I've said this, but even four has significance. If, as for as bad a movie as it is, it's a significant movie. Rocky Five is not only a bad movie, but it is a skippable, uh, forgettable movie, and that still seems to me like Rocky Four is the dream sequence, and then Rocky Five was the crappy drab world he woke <laughs> up to. <laughs> Who was the greatest? Who was the best of all time? If two athletes from different eras could actually compete against one another, who would come out on top? In one corner, the reigning champion at Mason the Line Dixon. He'll be pitted against the former two-time heavyweight champion, Rocky Balboa. Computer says Rocky Balboa would be triumphant. I think well, there's still some stuff in the basement. What basement? In here. I think I want to, like, fight. You know, nothing big, small stuff, like locally. What are you trying to prove, Pop? I thought you might want to get involved. Don't you think you're too, you know, old? I think your brain's losing altitude. <laughs> you heard Rocky Balboa applied for a license. You want me to fight a guy that I can beat with both hands tied behind my back? That computer fight got a lot of people curious. Yeah, but I ain't interested in getting, like, mangled and embarrassed. 
People are going to think you're going crazy. What's crazy about standing toe-to-toe -to -toe saying, I am? If this is something that you got to do, then you do it. Fighters, fight. To beat this guy, you need speed. You don't have it. You've got calcium deposits on most of your joints, so sparring is out. I had that problem. So what we'll be calling on is blunt force trauma. Heavy-duty punches that will rattle his ancestors. Let's start building some hurting bombs. I mentioned in, in Rocky in 1976 that they mentioned that he should maybe consider retiring. <laughs> Rocky Balboa. It's uh, made in 2006, a full 16 years after Rocky V. And they finally found the solution to the Adrian character. <laughs> <laughs> the final solution to the Adrian character. <laughs> Since we've done nothing with her for five whole movies, let's kill her off to make Rocky a sad Rocky. Yeah! yeah. And it worked! He started a restaurant, he's trying to connect with his kid, he keeps Polly at roughly arm's length. Adrian dying's the best thing that's ever happened to Rocky. Rocky Six is sad Rocky. That's that's what I think of it is. <laughs> but it works because he spends so much of the movie slouching with his head down, feeling like, you know, everything good is behind him, losing his relationship with his son, losing his wife. And he needs a win, and he gets a very rocky win and it's much more emotionally satisfying than than the fifth entry uh it's just maybe a bigger pill to swallow sentimentally i'll let this one get over the line to a recommendation point but in the end of the day what this is is another rocky movie it's just it's sort of humble sad rocky <laughs> and for knowing what it is i'll give it points <laughs> I think this is a spectacular movie until the very end. And I mean literally the very end. The fight scene kind of undoes all the goodwill. Maybe not all the goodwill, but it undoes the goodwill for me. Like, it's the low point. Because at this point, it is fucking ridiculous to have 65-year-old or whatever Sylvester Stallone fight anybody at all. Like, I would feel bad for his health if he was trying to scare off a raccoon in his trash, <laughs> let alone take on the actual literal heavyweight champion of the world again, who is, once more, 40 years his junior. Yeah, a third his age. And uh, there's that whole scene where the boxing board whatever they make him run a bunch of physical and mental tests and he they say that he passes them all but they say no yeah he'll fucking kill you right that's the right answer yeah yeah and no matter how impassioned or te tearful his speech is it's just like no you're basically asking these guys permission to you know let you walk to a public execution <laughs> and they, any answer but no is irresponsible and we know that. We're not stupid people, but the scene still kind of works because we love Rocky, <laughs> right? But it's ridiculous. It's ridiculous. And it's not played ridiculous. This is almost like the Rocky being approached as like a Batman Begins type of thing. <laughs> you, you, you know. uh, it, it's a darker, grittier, more real-world Rocky. And uh, yeah, this is the one where he, he reconnects with the woman from the first movie. Yeah. yeah and... Uh, yeah, in, in Rocky 1, he basically walks this girl out of a potentially bad situation. and You get the feeling now, like, that was a real key moment in her life. And I didn't really feel that in the original no. film. But, uh, 
they did more things with her than they ever did with Talia Shire. <laughs> Talia Shire really, if she watched Rocky Balboa, must have fucking really been pissed off. Like, so now we get a halfway decent, interestingly explored female character in a Rocky movie. We're gonna do that now. Now that now that I'm not in it, we're gonna do that. Is that what's happening? You're, it's funny, but you're saying it like it's a bad thing, and I already dunked on the fight. I think this movie hits its beats very well, and I think they're the right beats to hit. No. The movie starts with him, because this movie is about nostalgic, well, you're saying it's sad Rocky, it's also nostalgic Rocky, it is era bygone Rocky, which is why the fight makes even less sense, but up until that point, we have Rocky doing his routine, um, He's kind of he started up a restaurant, he has the nice big mural of him and Apollo fighting, it's a Rocky-themed restaurant, which is a ni- nice enough to... Uh, um, keep him afloat and in fact probably do fairly well um, I slight aside I remember listening to someone on a podcast talk about how they're going they went to some uh, restaurant in LA they weren't paying attention they were just like I need to go eat and they sits down and there's like posters for dances with wolves and water world and a bunch of stuff and he goes to the waitress he's like what's with all the Kevin Costner stuff and she goes uh, Mr. Costner owns the restaurant ah. um, this feels like that but for Sylvester Stallone right um Anyway, so it's the anniversary of either Adrian's death or them their wedding anniversary or something. He's going around. He goes to the now tear, torn down rink where they skated in the first movie. He goes to her grave. He goes to the pet store and all that. Polly drags around. They finally, finally acknowledge this should have been my peak test. They finally acknowledge that Polly's a piece of shit. Polly's like, hey, Rocky, you have good memories with her. I have bad memories with her because I'm such a jerkbag. Yeah. And again, I wish I could say that was a win for Polly, but I still fucking hate Polly. I hate Polly all the way through. (laughs) Polly is at his absolute best in Creed. Um, But that's a different podcast. Yeah. But again, you can see that Rocky's hurting. But his hurt eclipses Rocky, right? This makes me feel guilty, so can you not do this in front of me? God, what a hate Rock. You, Polly. Fuck you. You're such an <laughs> asshole. Uh, Ashley. Um, yeah, I, I really appreciated how well they went back and revisited and recreated the all of the... Um, so all of the character stuff that they built in the first Rocky, which was what made Rocky an interesting movie. Um, so, so to finally come back and for them to finally get to, re- to realize that the emotional core is what the movie needs to be about. Yeah. Um, I, I, thought, I thought it echoed beautifully. On on the whole, and and yeah, the premise is silly, and the ending is rough. Um, we want to believe it. It's like a conspiracy theory. <laughs> In order to really buy into it, you have to kind of want to buy into it. So, oh uh, yeah, sixty something Rocky could totally go beat for beat with this. Yeah, no fuck. Well, I would be ashamed the, if but I. But this was is the fun. universe. From Dolph Lundgren and yeah. the robots, so yeah, like maybe maybe there's been some experimenting in Russia in between. We don't know that the Rocky who came out of Russia is the same Rocky who went. Wouldn't it be great if this in this movie played the exact same way, except the board says 
nah, you can't fight it. And then the Russians step in, they're like, we've been perfecting our steroids. You really want to kick that kid's ass? We can help you. Um, we haven't touched on the other emotional core of this movie, which is his relationship with the son, which again, I think is played exactly the way you need to play it. It's His son is trying to, he, he's not a fighter. It is not about him training his son. He's All he's doing is trying to get ahead in the business world. He feels like he's already coasted by way too much on his father's name. And it's, it's so interesting because Rocky finally wants to, just wants to connect with him and wants to spend time with him. But the son is like, no, I need to be physically away from, like literally physically away from you. Otherwise, I'm caught in your shadow. I think that's a phrase they use yeah, quite a, a bit. You a cast lot of, a large shadow. Yeah, and, and it's true. Like, he goes to go visit him at work, and it's the kind of thing where, like, my dad would do that, and it would be delightful. But his dad shows up, and everyone's like, oh, whatever, Robert Balboa. Hey, shit, it's your dad. Oh, that's so cool. Yeah. <laughs> like, even his boss is more interested in Rocky, yeah. the figure. He doesn't get in trouble at work that day because his dad that showed up, up to see him. And it's exactly what he doesn't want, and that resonates very well with me. It is a complete reversal of where they were in Rocky V, though. In Rocky V, he was a kid who wanted the attention of his dad and felt like he wasn't getting enough. And now it's a dad who wants the attention of his son as the cat's in the cradle. Really? <laughs> yeah. uh, the... It's an interesting switcheroo. I guess I buy it. I mean, people change a lot from when they're 10 or 12 or however he was in 5 to when he's like well, young 20-something. The problem I, is that I, there should have been four more Rocky movies yeah. in between this one. But I feel like the son... And this is where watching 5, I thought, actually was kind of valuable. Um, was that the son's experience of, you know, his dad loving him but not really... Connecting. Connecting and not ha being really available for him. I saw how that developed in adult who needed his independence because it's not just that he wants to be out of the shadow for his dad it's that he knows he can't rely on his dad if he is in that shadow so you know that that wall that he's built to protect himself i thought was really enforced when we went back and watched five and it's just interesting to see rocky sort of ending up exactly where he started like where was rocky when we met him at the first movie and where is Rocky when we meet him in Rocky Balboa? He's in the same place, but he's 60 years or 50 years older, you know? And uh, I, can, I, I connected to the melancholy of that. Like I said, the emotional beat. He's not physically beat down in this movie. He's emotionally beat but down. But he should be, so let's get to that. Consequently, I think that the win should be an emotional one. And the movie gives us a physical one. And it's so weird. It's a mistake. He's such an old guy. Well, it, I'd fight Sylvester Stallone. <laughs> I, I mean, like, I don't know. I don't know what that movie would be, to be honest. Like, he realizes right before the fight that he doesn't need to have the fight, and he heroically calls it off. Nope. <laughs> like, that's not. That's not going to make anybody happy. Uh, but like, it was working way more as an emotional drama than it was as a boxing movie for me. Yeah. <laughs> and then they then they felt like they had to shoehorn in the boxing. And again, I don't buy for a second that uh, old man Rocky could actually box like that. And again, if I was the heavyweight champion of the world and I lost or I won by a sliver like that to such an old man, like they're, they're not like nothing to. Not to disregard old guy strength, because I definitely think that's a thing, but if you're also just training and you're literally at your peak, age will take its toll. There's no way around that. Mm -hmm. um, I would be ashamed. I would be so embarrassed 
to have barely been an old guy Rocky. And I, the, the thought process from the heavyweight champions side of it is so skewed because like what are what is your good outcome in that fight? Either you go in and you kick the crap out of a man who's forty years older than you and shouldn't be like in the ring asshole. anyway and you look like an asshole and everyone thinks you're an asshole already and that's been your problem. Or you get your ass handed to you and you get embarrassed that like way. you have no what respect of like all the work you got to get to that place can you have left it's all taken yeah yeah I, I think they were painted into a corner and we needed some sort of physical dramatic climax but the emotional stuff like I said is what what worked and I, you're right I have no idea how you end that movie otherwise <laughs> it's tough <laughs> It's tough. I mean, I'm not. I'm not saying I got all the answers. If that's what I was pitching, then no, that's not. That's not true. Unfortunately, yeah. your host around opinion doesn't. Like, the other thing, like I did take boxing. I was basically bullied into it by my dad because I was so physically bullied at school. Oh no! I figured I need to, to to defend myself. I did it for about a year, but I was maybe 16 or 17 years old at the time. Maybe a little bit younger. Uh, and even then, doing three rounds, which is what we did with the gear and the foam was fucking exhausting. Like, 12 rounds being pummeled by one of the strongest people in the world? No. No. It's it, it's almost as incredible as anything you would have seen in Rocky IV. But we want to believe it because the movie keeps us emotionally with Rocky. We love Rocky by this point. If you've watched... If this is your sixth Rocky movie, you better fucking love Rocky. <laughs> Otherwise, what have you been doing, right? Uh, you've been force-fed Rocky by a podcast. <laughs> We're very sorry. <laughs> yes, I'm not. Um, I am. <laughs> in the end, like I say, I like it enough to get it over the line. Uh, I think it's more straight-faced than it kind of earns at the end of the day, but it's a pretty good way to end the series. And uh, that's why like, I wanted to stop here instead of Creed. Eh? It's a nice six. I like to do six per episode. But Creed does feel like its own its own franchise. The, Rocky's not- there. It's, it's in the spirit of a Rocky movie, but it's Creed. And the thing with Creed is you could actually remove the Rocky Balboa character and have it work out the same way. Yeah. Um, I I was just talking about this. How about this for a a final uh, physical climax in the movie? (laughs) Anyways. um, Have it actually be... Because people throughout the series are like, hey, Rocky, it's just an exhibition match. It doesn't mean anything, whatever. Have it be where there's no, like no one at all believes that Rocky will win, and not in a we don't believe anyway, but like no one's expecting him to win. Right. It's about him literally going twelve rounds, not succeeding in twelve rounds, but having the other guy toy with him and play with him, and having him just have the cardio to go twelve rounds. Yeah. And if you can portray that, I think that can be a physical victory and also an emotional one that works out just as well without him uh, without him uh, having to actually overcome someone that he would not be able to overcome not that this is the first time that's happened but this movie pretends to uh, portends to keep itself more uh, take itself more seriously that's the way you do it and it's even more reliant on the first movie than than Rocky 5 was I mean like going back Mm -hmm. to characters from that original movie and having that lost but win ending it it just is the mirror image of Rocky Although I do think that Rocky Five might have had more Rocky One in it, in that I think they showed the entirety of Rocky One in one in of the montages, yeah. <laughs> um, and uh, fairly 
this one sort of calmed down on there's still definitely training montage we can't get through a rock movie without training montage oh, of course. but no longer is the movie about its montages it's about the drama which respect is there anything else we want to say about Rocky Balboa before we rank these pictures no no thank you so much for being here you guys thank you for doing this Thank you so much, you guys, for doing this Rocky podcast for me. I've been doing a lot of these R&R versus episodes, with <laughs> Rank and Review versus X-Men, Rank and Review versus Child's Play, and uh, I guess I, I didn't know or imagine if Rank and Review would ever have gotten around to Rocky, and without you guys, this, this wouldn't have happened. I don't know. Uh, or not anytime soon, anyway. <laughs> I have over 300 proposed episodes to get to, and there was not a Rocky to be found. Oh. <laughs> Here we come, throwing extras in. Who would like to go first? Should we go ladies first? I'll go first. Ashley, what was your least favorite Rocky movie mm-hmm. and why? Uh, my least favorite was number four. Uh, it's, in, it's in a different universe than all of the other Rocky movies. Um, it, it does have the highest high, like the most ridiculous giant things. And as much as I am one for loving good, bad movies, it passes that and becomes a bad, bad movie. (laughs) And so it, it clocks in at number six, uh, at number five, I have number five. Um, it's. Again, it's got it's got strong thing. It's got strong themes. Uh, it's got a really like they've got a, a setup that they could really have done things with, and they didn't, and that is unforgivable yeah. in the books of Ashley. Uh, so that ends there. Um, at number three, solidly, somewhat forgettably, in the middle. Uh, or I get a number four solidly forgettably in the middle is number three um, because I couldn't quite remember coming into our conversation which one that was going to be right uh, at number three I have number two um, <laughs> that's, that's clear <laughs> the number three I have Rocky two um, because while it was like really I, I thought a, a worthy sequel to Rocky, it doesn't stand on its own two feet. It really is part two. Um, and, you know, I, I, it carried me mostly. I appreciated having Apollo Creed back. Um, so, like, I, I'd say that we've gone into the realm of recommending at this point. At number two, I have Rocky Balboa. Um, I've, I was really impressed, uh, with how they mirror, how they mirrored and brought back, um, everything with, with the perspective of time, um, and with the melancholy of nostalgia. And at one, of course, the OG, the heavyweight champion of the world, Rocky. 
Very good list, Ashley. Very good list. I think this is going to be interesting. How like we're going to have very, very, very close lists. I have this suspicion here. <laughs> Eric, is is your list similar to your wife's? I I swear we're not cheating. I swear I'm not lying. We have the same list. Um, <laughs> Do you want to go through it? Or you... Yeah, sure. So at uh, at um, number the last one, the worst Rocky movie is number four. And I, when Ash and I watched these ourselves, I was still of the opinion that Rocky Five was worse because it was the one I was willing to skip. But having rewatched Rocky Five and really considered it, Rocky Four just doesn't justify itself at all. As memorable as it is, as uh, culturally maybe not significant, but as part of the zeitgeist as it was, uh, it's just entirely unearned. Being it's standing on the shoulders of the giants of all the other Rocky movies that had come before it. It's just not a good movie, and it's ridiculous, and it has the opportunity to be significant. I think that it is a strong decision to kill Apollo Creed. Doesn't follow through. Um, and then at number... Oh, damn it, you're right. Five. Number five, there's Rocky Five. Five's Rocky five. V. Five, five is V. Rocky <laughs> V. Um, and for all the reasons we discussed, this, is, this movie, again, I think has an amazing treatment but it just doesn't execute at all whatsoever. And it culminates in the worst fight in a Rocky movie. And I don't want to say that, um, I don't know, the fight for Rocky Balboa was also pretty bad. Anyways, <laughs> um, I don't want to I don't want to make it seem like, oh, every Rocky has to end in a prize fight because I feel like we made our positions on that, or my position at least on that clear. I'd almost wish that it didn't, but the street brawl was tasteless. Um, and it, Yeah, there was nothing rewarding about it. It didn't no. feel heroic or... It didn't feel good. It didn't, didn't feel, feel like justified. anybody could walk away from that feeling good about themselves. <laughs> and it's like being televised. And like, if I'm at home watching Rocky Balboa beat up a dude on the street, I don't care what the context is. I'm not looking at that going like, yeah, he's the good guy. Um... The, and the context, by the way, was that, like, Polly kind of got shoved. Fucking yeah. who cares? It, like we were saying, Polly should have got you. shoved harder. <laughs> Thank you for punching Polly. <laughs> yeah, yes. Um, and then we have number three, uh, where, yeah, this is Rocky starting to develop, uh, devolve into the ridiculous, but it's still holding on to its charm enough that you can get through it. Uh, slightly racist, what you gonna do about that? Um... <laughs> It's it's a it's a very much a forgettable movie. I think that other than the novelty of hey, this is the one where he fights Mr. T, and then this is also the one where Mickey dies. This is also a throwaway movie in the same way that Five is. Yeah. Um, and then we have Rocky Two. Surprise! I said our lists were the same. How about that? Uh, Rocky Two, just like my wife had said, it's uh, it's a fine enough sequel. It does a good job of being a movie in and of itself, but not a good enough job that. You that like I'm super impressed with it. I still think it's worth the watch. At number two, Rocky Balboa. As much as I disdain, especially it even gets worse with time. The fight at the end. Every other part of this movie is exactly what it needs to be. It's such a good swan song for Rocky. It's such a good send off, and I it it does a good job of echoing Rocky one without um without well, well um being mindful of it i guess i would say there is a a way you could go too far with that where you're like oh this is just juicing rocky one all the way through um and that's that's a tricky thing to avoid and they i do believe they avoided it as much as again i think the final fight is ridiculous what you're gonna do and at number one 
Creed is the fucking <laughs> best Rocky movie. Holy shit. Oh my goodness. Forget all these other things. If you're not a fan of Rocky, watch Rocky 1. If you're a fan of Rocky 1, watch it. Okay, so at number one is the first Rocky. I agree. Okay, well, here's the thing. I just want to just, so, so you guys went six, or sorry, four, <laughs> right? Four, five, three, two, six, one. Yes. yes. We're Rough all champions. <gasps> what? We're all champions. We have this in common with Rocky Balboa. Since you're the fan, you're the newbie, and I'm the guy who didn't like it, the fact that all three of us <laughs> got the exact same list. We did it! Oh my goodness! We can buy a house! We can move on! <laughs> that means that it's the right list, though. Like, I can, yeah. I can go through it, but I don't, I mean, I don't know what more would be accomplished. <laughs> yeah. I think I think I made my, my case pretty clear on a beat-for-beat beat level. I will say this. I like Rocky as an entity and as a franchise more today than I, I, I did before we did this podcast again. Um, so I guess thank you because I, I probably would have continued to be a little snotty about the Rocky podcast. I will no longer dismiss it or it's no longer the thing I associate with the bullies who used to be shitty to me when I was a kid. <laughs> I, I am closer to understanding the appeal of, of this sort of type of movie. But uh, I think it needs to be acknowledged that for all the hyperbole and for all the Oscars and all the awards that these movies are every bit as formulaic as the slasher and monster movies that I talk about every week on my podcast. Absolutely. Only those movies tend to get criticized for it and the Rockies tend to be rewarded for it. <laughs> so it's, it's odd. But yes, I agree. You guys are champions. I have co-champions yes. for rank and review. And uh, congratulations. You I get to stay married now. Yay! <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. Thank God. If only one of you was a champion, it would have just took the balance of power. Yes. <laughs> we can't um, live with that. And any marriage counselor will tell you, you can't have a rank and review champion and a rank and review not champion in the same marriage. It needs I, to be one or the other. I have to come up with an appropriate gift, but I will ask you to, if uh, I will promise I won't hand it out to anyone, I need to get your mailing address okay. so yeah. that I can get you guys something uh, to... To honor you as the new rank and review champions. No joke, just winning is honor enough. <laughs> Thank you so much, you guys. Two new champions. Who could believe it? What is it with these franchise episodes? Star Trek, we got a winner out of that one. Uh, we got a winner out of uh, the X-Men episode just a few weeks ago. And now Rocky proves once again that the franchises are the way to get a win on Rankin Review. Did we get it right? Did we get it wrong? Please let me know at rankinreview at gmail.com. What did you think? Where do you want to rank the Rockies? Should I have bothered with the Rocky franchise? Did you, did you not feel this episode? Or did you think I should do more like it? Congratulations to our new champions. Eric Jurgens and Ashley Pechkowski will be hearing them again. And uh, a new era of Rankin Review begins. Tell a friend about the podcast. Please check out the website at rankandreview.ca and consider checking out my motion picture, Book of Trespasses. It will be playing in the Canadian Festival Circuit throughout 2019, and as soon as it's available, I will let you guys know. I'm your host and random Canadian, Larry Parsons, saying thank you so much for listening.